This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras on 680-CJOB. Happy Wednesday to everybody. Happy Wednesday. Wednesday. Happy to have you here listening to Jets at Noon. Jim Toth, how you doing? Well, thank you. Not the middle of the week, although it's literally the middle of the week because... It's Wednesday. Yeah. But it's the middle of the <laughs> week, but like there is no Monday middle, was a right? Because there's only four work days. <laughs> yeah. Where are we right now? I'm not sure. Where are my pants? <laughs> Where, get, are we in the middle? We're Wednesday, though. I get confused. I get confused. It was disappointing because I take my son out to the garbage truck every Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I missed it today. He likes the garbage truck. Yeah. And oh, they always cool. wave and give them a thumbs up. They're awesome. They're awesome, the, the garbage men in our city. Um, but it was, he's like, he's the one who came to me and he said, that garbage truck? I'm like, oh my God, it's Wednesday. And there it goes. And I didn't take him outside to wave. Your kid is more on schedule than you are. Yeah. He's, he's on time more than I am. He's in the car before I am. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Uh, we have a great show booked here. Josh Morrissey, a Jets defenseman and alternate captain, is going to be joining us after 1230 live on the show. Uh, we're, of course, going to talk about the upcoming season, but uh, he has, a, uh, of course, the Josh Morrissey Classic uh, out at Pine Ridge, uh, the Dream Factory Golf Tournament. That's going to be going on on Friday. We're going to be mentioning that. We're going to be talking to him about that as well. Uh, And uh, single game tickets on sale. Uh, General single game tickets are going to be going on sale on Friday, September 8th at noon for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, There's going to be a a pre-sale window from 10 a.m. till noon on Friday as well. Uh, If you are a Jets mail subscriber or a Jets 360 member and fans who subscribe or join by September 7th, just tomorrow will automatically qualify for the pre-sale access. Uh, so if you want to make sure you get the tickets and the ones that you want and the dates that you want, uh, make sure you sign up for that and uh, squeeze out the pre-sale from 10 a.m. till noon before uh, it opens up to the general public uh, on the 8th, Friday the 8th at noon. So Josh Morrissey is going to be joining us uh, coming up at 1230. And of course, we'll be looking forward to your reaction to our conversation with Josh Morrissey. Tons of uh, time for your guys. Text messages, 204-780-6868, uh, 35 days until the Winnipeg Jets are in Calgary to open up uh, their NHL season on October 11th. And this was something I looked up because I was thinking, this is coming up very quickly, Jim. Uh, the Young Stars Classic, Canucks, Oilers, Flames, Jets, four-day event taking place at the South Okanagan Event Center in Penticton, September 15th uh, to the 18th. That's a lot of fun. I've actually gone to that. When I was living in Merritt, I took the drive down to Penticton. Did you really? I did, yes. Good for you. That's back when it was just starting, probably. It was um, It was real early on. It might have been the first or second year. Um and uh, I, I, I was walking around and I accidentally went into a certain area that I wasn't supposed to go. I just had my, my, my press oh, pass damn. and uh, I walked by Claude Noel and uh, of course head coach of the Winnipeg Jets at the time. And he looked at me and I looked at him and I, th- I saw in, in, in his, what was going on in his mind. He was saying, who is this guy and why, why is he here? But it's not worth my time to say anything. So he just kept walking. What are you doing here? Yeah, that's what he was trying to do. What are you doing here? It's like, who is this guy? Man, that's way back. I I mean, we've come a long way. It's the 12th. 
Well, it was Mark Shifley. Jacob Truba was on that team. Right. Um, uh, that was real early on. So I think it was Shifley's second year. I think he'd played a few games uh, with the Jets and, of course, in the inaugural season. But um, And then it was uh, Morsi wasn't even – Hadn't even been drafted yet by the Jets. Uh, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. More players coming into town, skating. We're two weeks away from physicals and training camp getting underway, Jim. And it kind of leads me to this question. What is your biggest question heading into this season? What's something that you hope gets answered uh, over the course of, of the year or all the way up in, until April? I'll, I'll let you go first, and I'll, I'll give you mine. What's what's your thing? It's like, well, man, the Jets going to have to overcome Yeah, this. I, I think it's by far what's the future of Mark Shifley and Connor Halbach yeah. with this organization. And they they come to camp, and Jamie Thomas joined us from uh, Jets organization and our 680 CGOB color analyst here on the radio, and, and he mentioned it. He, like They'll address it on the first day, and then they'll move on. And I agree with that assessment. However, Jamie also said, and I also agree with that, every visiting team is going to ask these two about this. Yeah. And and there's going to be some abrupt, I mean, from Connor Hellebuck, like a month into the season, and if some team like New Jersey rolls into town or whoever that was rumored to be interested, um, it, it's going to be talked about. But I do expect, you know, sort of Connor Hellebuck to speak to it at the beginning of the year and then say... You know, I'm not speaking about this again, and then, but, but, but that is the storyline about this this season as a whole. The secondary one, though, the prime that's the primary one, and by far and away, in my opinion, the yeah. secondary one, though, is if this team can reinvent itself with some of its core and be better, be a better hockey team than it has been in the past. Yeah, um, we've gone through some lineups uh, the past couple of weeks, you and I, Cam, and and for the listeners here, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019. This is a team that is massively underachieved. Mm-hmm. And when and I say that, you know, trying to be gentle, but also um, massive isn't an overstatement. When you look at the lineups and the point productions out of some of those rosters in the past five or six years, to have not gone to another third round since 2018 is like they were locked and loaded that with team, really good yeah, talent. We, we were talking about this, Jim. They should have won the Stanley Cup that year. Um, they were the best team of the final four that were remaining um, in, in all estimations that that's, that's, I don't, I don't think that's even my bias. I, I think that they were. Um, and and you I'll look, disagree you, a little bit with that. Like if they got in, I think they were better than Vegas that year. Well, without a doubt, they but were better than But if they got Vegas. in against Washington, I think that's a 50, 50 series. I think they were better. They they were better in the regular season. Duke they might have been deeper Nashville. on the blue line for sure. And go go back and look at that roster though in 2018 yeah. in the playoffs. Man, that team was a that was a great team. Yes, and and so then you go from there. Like the other one that stands out to me is the year they lost in the first round to St. Louis when Wheeler had his second 91 point season, and that's when Shifley became a point of game player. And um, you know Hellebuck. It was that the Vesna year for Hellebuck. I'll have to look that up, but. The point of this is that's the secondary storyline for this team. So that's in the past. It is what it is. And and also looking at those lineups is I just, this is my belief, and I know a lot of people disagree with me, but I, I think they were locked and loaded and should have won way more than they, they underachieved because I look at that lineup and I'm like, on paper, I'll take this and I'll run it back again. Yeah. I'll do a four or five year window with this and try to augment this lineup mm-hmm. as I go forward. I also wonder if Dustin Bufflin quitting on the team and walking away from the game as abruptly as he did with with less than a day's notice Mm -hmm. on the ice one day and the next day I'm done. uh, How much that derailed this organization? Yeah. 
because that was also the summer where Kyle Connor needed a contract, Patrick Line needed one, Kyle Connor didn't get one until camp was underway. Um, it's just it's eight million dollars on the book that you kind of plan around, and arguably one of the most important players on your roster mm-hmm. that just is gone without any way to circumvent it or plan around it. But that being said, that's my secondary storyline this year. Is so they've got to reinvent themselves now, and they whether they're, you know, either contract wise or just everywhere else. I think this organization has to go in a different direction where the 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 Velardis and the Ayafalos and everybody else has to yeah. play more of a two hundred foot game. And the old discussion we've been having all summer: if less offense and more defense leads to more wins. Yeah. And, I, and that's the other storyline that I'm looking at. Mine is, is if they can ma- maintain consistency, if they can take 80% of what they were over the course of the first half of the season and keep that going at 80% clip, this team will make the playoffs. What's going to happen in the playoffs. I don't know, but if they can maintain consistency with, you know, I understand that this loss of Pierre-Luc Dubois, but you got, more depth pieces coming in Blake Wheeler. He's gone here, but I, I, I think this team still has the potential to be consistent. I mean, are, are they going to totally um, become the team that uh, I mean, the team is so different. I mean, we were talking about the, the year 2018. I mean, the team is so different than what it was there. Um, yeah. it, it, but it's, 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 they've been chasing consistency and they haven't yet obtained it. And, is it going to happen this year? I don't know, but to me, it's the it's the number one question. But the other thing that tells me this, Cam, like I think they were going to go in a different direction because of contracts anyway. Yeah. Um. And again, the the skill and talent on this team, I understand why they ran it back. But the other thing about this is, is the fashion in which last season got away from them. Mm-hmm. They were in first place in the Western Conference in January. They were. That's not a small sample size within a season. That's half a year. And then to barely hang on to that eighth seed, to have the game one you had against Vegas, and then we saw the way the rest of the series went. Yep. Um, I think it's just sometimes you think you're on this path or you think you might need to go on a different path, and then it's just blatantly shown to you. Mm-hmm. Um, hindsight is always twenty twenty. I wonder if the way the season went to that that – you know, the guys that are left here, like Morrissey and Connor and Ehlers and Shifley to Boyne, yeah. they kind of see how last season went. Um, and the 180 of, of that from January on is not that, you know what, we have some stuff, to speak to your point of consistency, we yeah. have some stuff that works for us and it works very well. But it's not overall consistent. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if they sort of buy into more now that it's been blatantly shown to them in last year that – this needs to level off somehow. Yeah. We need to sort of maybe tweak here and there and get to a point where night in, night out, this is who we are, night in, night out, and see yeah. if it leads to more wins. Yeah, and also part of that, the consistency thing too is, I mean, there was periods of time, if we go back to the series in Vegas, where the Winnipeg Jets were really good. Periods, um, stretches of those where they were playing exactly the way they needed to do to win the, win games and win series, but there just wasn't the consistency across even if you look at months but there was also inconsistency in terms of games um when when things got tough uh the Winnipeg Jets struggled and I, and I just like, let's I, I the, just think that that's a that's look, just what I think everybody saw it's what let's I look saw at the Florida Panthers they made a massive trade mm-hmm. and trade sent two key guys one of the main cores out of that team brought in a different guy who has a different personality and it took them 60% of the season to get going yeah 
But once they got going, they galvanized, right? Yeah. And then they went on a run and they found their game. I'm very interested in how Florida plays this year to see if they can harness that and and keep that going. We'll, we'll see them early. Hey, the Winnipeg Jets home opener is going to be a gap yeah. against the, the Florida Panthers coming Get up. Get your tickets. Get your tickets. Great way, great way to start October, the home opener, uh, right? Yes. Paul Maurice, the Stanley Cup finalists, new season. You know, and, and as we go to break here, there was a period of time when I was watching a Florida Panthers game. They were playing the Dallas Stars, and there was the Stars trounced them. And there was an instance in that game where there was literally five Panthers along the right-hand boards in front of the penalty box, all in a little spot. And it's like, I was watching, I said, this team is kaput. They're finished. And then look at what happened. They got Minnesota they got together. when Paul Maurice unleashed the fury. That was in uh, Toronto. Toronto it was, was a, against Toronto. When yeah. He absolutely he lost it. <laughs> Anyways, Josh Morrissey's going to be joining us right after the 1230 news. Stick around for that. Got time for your reaction as well. 204 780 6868. Don't go anywhere. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to the show. 204-780-6868. Jets at noon. Cam Poitras, Jim Toth. Uh, this is exciting. We've got Josh Morrissey uh, on the program, Jets defenseman, as well as uh, alternate captain. He's got a fantastic event coming up uh, starting on Friday. Uh, and he joins us now. Hey, Josh, how you doing? Hey, guys. Great to uh, be on with you. Yeah, good to have you back, Josh. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Uh, How's the offseason been? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's been a little longer than obviously you want it to be, but it's been good overall. And, um, you know, for me personally, uh, lots of rehab early in the summer and, you know, feel feel 100%, feel great. So, um, yeah, it's been, been a good summer, but I'm ready to get back at it here. How was the rehab, Josh, and how long of a process? And, uh, um, you know, that would derail your summer a little bit too, obviously, but uh, good to hear you're back fully healthy again. But how was the the whole process and how did that cut into your summer? Yeah, honestly, it wasn't really too bad. I mean, I I had a four to six week uh, sort of return to play timeline. So um, obviously it was, you know, it's the worst time of the year to get injured, uh, given that you play all season to have an opportunity to play in the playoffs and, um, you know, for me, we were coming home with a split after two games and to get hurt first shift of uh, game three was on kind of a fluky little play was, was frustrating. But uh, in terms of the effect on the summer, I mean, kind of not a whole lot different than most years. I mean, usually the first month or so I spend kind of away from, uh, from the rink a little bit and, um, you know, either rehabbing something from the year or just kind of trying to get, uh, you know, the body uh, back healthy after a long grueling season injury or not. So, you know, maybe there was a little bit more uh, work and um, stuff like that, throwing a bunch of different uh, modalities and um, rehab tools and whatnot at it. But uh, otherwise, um, you know, it really, it healed up great. And, um, you know, I was able to start skating basically the same time I always do. And uh, so I, I guess, Honestly, it, it feels great. Yeah, it's great that you're uh, feeling great, Josh. And you you have the uh, uh, the Dream Factory Golf Tournament at Pine Ridge, the Josh Morrissey Classic. Uh, it's going to get going on uh, Friday coming up here. Over $650,000 has been raised over the first five years uh, to help make dreams come true for brave kids here in Manitoba battling life-threatening illnesses. And so, uh, I mean, it, it's, it's a big day for you. You know, so many valid causes and great causes out there. Why did you land on this one? 
Well, it, it kind of goes back a long ways, actually. Uh, when I was playing for the Moose when I was 20, um, I went to Shafe's uh, charity golf tournament that summer um, and uh, met an amazing young family that lots of Jets fans would remember. Um, she would hold up a sign at Jets games, the little girl Alex. Uh, I think it said, uh, chemo by day, Jets by night, and mm-hmm. it kind of was pretty, uh, took the media by storm uh, that year. And uh, I met her at this tournament and her family, and they said that, um, you know, Andrew Ladd had been uh, working with the Dream Factory before, and um, that was the year he got traded. So there was kind of a open position, I guess you could say. And, um, you know, they just said, oh, we think you'd be great for it and everything else. And uh, at that point, I mean, I'd played one NHL game. And um, so I, I had some conversations with the people from the Dream Factory uh, at the time uh, with Howard. And um, I honestly, I, I wasn't sure if I was ready to handle being the ambassador for them. Um, you know, it's such a great cause and, and what they do is, is life-changing for families. Uh, and I just didn't want to say yes if I didn't think that I could, you know, fulfill what they what they needed out of somebody. But, uh, you know, it was just, it really struck a chord with me and talking with Alex and her family, it really uh, kind of moved me. So um, I started on with them basically from my first year with the Jets and you know, now we're going into, I guess, year eight uh, of me working with them. And, and as you mentioned, uh, the, the fifth uh, um, golf classic as well. So, you know, it's just they're an amazing organization. The people that work for, for the Dream Factory are some of the most selfless and kind people I've ever met. And, um, you know, when you, when you see the kids and hear their stories and the family stories and the sibling stories, I mean, uh, that's the kind of stuff that is so impactful. Um, the stuff that these families, parents, kids have to go through is, is, you know, unimaginable. Um, and, uh, to be able to, to, you know, see them on their greatest day. I think that was really the thing that sold me at the beginning on, on if I could handle it or not was, you know, Howard, uh, had mentioned, you know, the dream factory is about making dreams come true. It's about providing, um, you know, the best day of, of these kids and families lives after they've gone through, you know, some horrific challenges and, uh, it's totally been true. And like I said, to see, to see the smile and the excitement on the kids faces and the optimism that, uh, you know, the kids have looking forward to a trip, um, you know, it's, it's pretty incredible. So, um, I could talk for a while about it. I apologize for the long answer, but, uh, you know, I'm passionate about, about the organization and, and working with them. And, um, you know, I'm proud to, to, to be a part of a small part of what they do. Josh, that's amazing because I, I think a lot of players in your situation often look to help and, and don't know where this truly grabbed you. Like this was something that you sought out more so than somebody came to you. And I, cause I would imagine at this point in your career, you get requests. So that's why it's, it's understandable why you have so much passion for this. I think most people know what the Dream Factory does, Josh, but do you have a story or two about some of the dreams have come true? Like, I think that's what resonates, right? Like, it's such a great organization. It does such great work. But then when you make it personal by saying, you know, we help this child do this or we help that child do that or their family, it really resonates. Are are there a few that have stuck out to you over the the years you've been with them? Definitely. Um, I mean, it's fortunately we've uh the dream factory has been able to provide so many dreams i mean the the number of stories and and uh amazing experiences of you know the list is pretty long um which is awesome and uh we're hoping to make it a lot longer 
of these these great stories. But uh, yeah, I mean, I I think there's been a couple of times where you know through hockey connections, um, kids have wanted to to meet players, and um, you know I remember it was pretty cool for me. I was probably in one of my first few years in the league, and um, a young a young guy, a young boy, and his family. Um, you know, his dream was to meet Sidney Crosby and watch the Penguins play. And, um, you know, I didn't personally know Sid at the time. And uh, so I, I guess, tried to facilitate it through some connections. And, and then, you know, the Dream Factory uh, with Pittsburgh and their sort of PR staff and whatnot. And, um, you know, they were able to make it happen. I guess Sid spent, you know, an hour or so with this, this young family. And, uh, you know, you think about a guy like that who has all of those requests i mean i can only imagine what it's like for for him and how many people are are um you know trying to 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 see him or a request he's getting and you know for him to give an hour of his his time and and spend that time um with a young a young boy from winnipeg uh was pretty cool and so seeing some of those photos you know just of the joy you know the the star struck look in in this little guy's face um but also for me to see you know, what our game superstar for a long time um, is willing to do in terms of his time uh, and, and, you know, giving back to you know, not even his community um, or where he plays or lives uh, was pretty cool. So that was one that stuck out to me. I mean, there's countless others, uh, you know, the one family that really um, has been special and, and we've connected with through the years a number of times. Um, I believe the the daughter needed a, a bone marrow trans transplant and uh, the only match was her sister. And uh, I mean, these girls were under 10 years old and, you know, she didn't bat an eye. And from what I've heard, that's a, a very painful situation. And, and you just meet these girls and they have the biggest smiles and they're so happy. And, um, you know, it's stories like that, that uh, you, you just can't really believe. I mean, my youth and childhood, I was blessed to be healthy and play hockey and, you know, have a, uh, comfortable lifestyle and all of that. And, uh, you know, to see how these situations affect these kids and that at the end of the day, they're still just kids smiling and happy and um, enjoying whatever they're doing in the moment. Uh, it's pretty, pretty inspiring, really. Um, you know, there's a lot of tough days in, in everyone's life. And certainly in, in the NHL, there's days where, you know, you lose and it seems like the world is crashing down and, uh, when you get to interact with some of these kids and their families, um, win loss, you know, minus three, whatever it is, uh, doesn't really seem to matter all that much. So, uh, it's all, I guess, a little bit of perspective. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's just awesome stuff. And, and again, the Josh Morrissey classic, the, the dream factory golf tournament is going to be going on starting Friday, September 8th at uh, Pine Ridge. So wonderful stuff going on there. The dreamfactory.ca is where you can go sign up. And there's a lot of stuff there, Josh. You can still, even if you can't make the tournament, get in on the 50-50. Manitobans mm-hmm. love their 50-50. It all goes to a great cause. <laughs> yes, they, so, do. Yeah, they do. Uh, I'm going to buy one. Yeah, I, I could use a little 50-50. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's let's uh, let's let's switch things to uh, the upcoming season here, uh, Josh. I mean, the the question that kind of comes up to me, uh, the first one is, you know, Blake Wheeler obviously loomed large um, uh, in the dressing room. You know, I, I know he didn't wear the C, but he was still a, uh, perhaps the biggest leader uh, in the locker room. A lot of guys uh, looked up to him, probably still look up to him. Uh, you know, despite him going on to the Rangers, how do you think him moving on affects uh, the team moving forward? Uh, I mean, I think uh, it really doesn't change a whole lot. I mean, uh, 
you know, he was a great leader for us for a long time. And, um, certainly a guy that, uh, you know, was the captain throughout my, my entire time so far in the NHL. Um, and, uh, you know, I, those things happen, guys get traded, guys, uh, retire or, uh, move on or anything like that. And so, um, obviously there's, um, as you mentioned, the wheels was a huge part of the leadership group, um, last season and obviously before that. Um, so there's more opportunity for guys, let's say to step up and, um, you know, collectively, uh, um, you know, we, we need to do that. There's sort of a big contingent of guys that have, um, kind of come into the main parts of their career now on our team. And, um, I think guys are ready, ready for more, ready to step up and, and, uh, into those more prominent leadership positions, whether it's, uh, you know, guys wearing letters or not. And so I think it's, it's guys are ready for that. Certainly, um, you know, it's just part of the, I guess, process of the NHL. And as years go by the maturation of players and, and teams. So um, that's just the natural evolution of the game. Speaking of that too, Josh, right before we let you go, um, and I know you got the tournament on, on Friday, you're going to raise some great money for the dream factory and then focus on training camp a little bit more. So, um, but is there a change here with this? Like Pierre-Luc Dubois gone, Blake Wheeler gone. And just the fact that, you know, you guys have been, um, a playoff team, say for one year for so long that this new direction might be what you need to, to sort of take that next step. What What's the kind of feeling going into this year's camp with the change so far? Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, um, obviously the, uh, we, we, you know, Blake and, um, Dewey are great players and certainly, uh, I feel that, you know, with the sort of group we had for quite a while, um, we obviously were in the mix a number of times and had uh, good rosters and good teams, but, you know, didn't really get over the hump and achieve what we, what we wanted to or perform, um, you know, to the level of expectation that I think we had for ourselves. And, uh, so I'm excited about, um, the opportunity this year. We have sort of a, a refreshed group, some new faces. Um, I think our depth is, is, uh, really going to be a, a, a strength of our team. And, um, you know, overall, it's uh, like I said. I just I, I look around the locker room, and there's a bunch of us now that are, you know, kind of heading into the prime ages of our career. And um, you know, we've got some great young players and some great veteran leaders as well. And so, uh, I, I just feel that there's a lot of ingredients of of a great hockey team. And um, you know, talking to guys this summer, everyone's excited. I think looking at. Uh, our coaching change last off season, you know, it's now our second year under the staff. Um, they know us uh, a lot better. You know, certainly we know them and the systems and, you know, there'll be some tweaks, but it's not all, you know, brand new uh, day one uh, of, of training camp. So, you know, I think we'll be able to, to sort of build and, and grow our game and our team game this season. And uh, yeah, overall, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Josh, one real quick one. We only got about 30 seconds here. Um, I mean, I'm not sure how much tape you watch over. Are you, are you somebody watches tape in the off season? Do you go back and watch the games? I do. Yeah, yeah. How, how much do you watch? If you don't mind me asking. Like how uh, many hours? <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, are you I like an avid watch? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all good. I, I mean, I depends on what I'm trying to do. Are there some things that I've been trying to work on this summer? So, you know, I'll try and watch some video, certain situations. Um, you know, big one for me, just trying to watch goals for goals against, you know, what was I doing well to produce 
um, mm. you know, chances or goals for and, and how did I impact the game that way? And then also goals against, you know, what could I do differently, uh, improve on, you know, things defensively. Is there any trends? So I think it kind of goes both ways. So I like to watch that and then just, uh, you know, little, little snippets of, you know, you know, the playoffs and different scenarios. Um, so I try and, I try and watch it. I think for me, it's, it keeps me focused throughout the summer, engaged uh, on the game. And when I go skate, I'm, you know, thinking about that stuff a little bit more as opposed to just, you know, getting out there and kind of freewheeling. So, um, yeah, that's, I wouldn't say it's an everyday thing, uh, certainly, but, uh, I try and, I try and find some themes for the summer for sure. Awesome stuff. Josh Morrissey, Jets defenseman, alternate captain, of course, camp getting going in about two weeks' time. Josh, I really appreciate your time. You take care, okay? Okay, thanks, guys. Look yeah. forward to seeing you soon. Thanks, yeah. Josh. And have fun on Friday. The Josh Morrissey Classic, the fifth annual, the dreamfactory.ca is where you can get more information and to register. And even guys who struggled to break 120 could maybe yeah, go some, up there. Some real powerful stories and, of course, like a fantastic this. cause yeah. as well. Uh, Single-game tickets as well on sale uh, for the Winnipeg Jets starting at noon, general tickets. But you can get in, involved in a pre-sale from 10 a.m. until noon for Jets mail subscribers and Jets 360 members, uh, fans. You can still subscribe to that and join by tomorrow, and you'll automatically qualify for that pre-sale access. Let's come back and take some text messages. We'll be right back. Jets at noon on 680-CJOB. Welcome back to the show, 204-780-6868, 204-780-6868. Uh, Jim, what did you think of our conversation with uh, Josh Morris? Well, I there? thought it was great. Um, it reminded me how long he's been here. That's when I first met Josh was his rookie season with the Moose is when I was doing games with Mitch Peacock and uh, just how far he's come. The fact that, you know, this this dream factory that he's been associated with, that he kind of sought them out mm-hmm. um, just as much as they sought him out. And and that discussion about, like, you don't know if you can represent an organization. Yeah. Like, that's just a young player, right? Yeah. And you fast forward eight years later, he just came off his best career year. Um, he's back in the conversation, which I never thought he was out of, but some people did when he had a down season or two. Uh, in the Olympic conversation, if there's an Olympic or a national team um, for him. But he's key to this team, right? And and it's great that his rehab went good in the summer, and it's great that he's ready to go. And I like what he had to say about the direction of this team, like change happens. And I really liked what he touched on to what we were beginning the show with, Cam. Yeah. And we'll discuss this more tomorrow, maybe rerun that clip where he said, you know, we've underachieved. And I think fans like don't like to hear that, but – Fans know they have too. You and I just discussed some of the rosters over the past five or six years. They want more out of this core, and Josh basically said that as well. So I think that's good for fans to hear. Yeah, I mean, and Josh was selected 13th overall in the first round back in 2013. So he's been with the organization now. high school. He's over 10 years now. So that's just how long it takes for defensemen and NHL players to develop sometimes and really hit their stride as he enters his it's, prime. And we've got some texts here, but how do you not like Josh Morrissey? How do you not love Josh Morrissey? Yeah. Isaac wants to say hi to Josh. Hi, Isaac. Lorraine wants to say hi to but, Josh. But realistically, he's such an integral part of this organization and going forward. Uh, it's always good to talk hockey with Josh Morrissey and his great um, Dream Factory golf yeah, tournament. Yeah, absolutely. Going on on Friday at Pine Ridge. Jim Toth will take you all the way till 3 o'clock. Thank you very much, Jeffrey Fortier, for producing the show. That's it for me. I'll be back same time tomorrow. See ya. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB.